Hey everyone, and welcome to our first batch of real recaps from Comic-Con at Home 2020 on I Just Don't Have Time For. Welcome. I was going to do an acronym, but I will save that for next episode. I-J-D-H-T-F. No. I just don't have time for it. No, not that acronym. That's okay, right. so we have so many panels to talk about. So we're going to be breaking it up like three panels per episode, just so you guys aren't completely overwhelmed by the amount of panels we have. All right. So I am going to briefly touch on Wednesday because Wednesday is mainly educational day. Like it's mainly for teachers, librarians, and it's preview night. So we watched a tiny bit of License to Thrill, which was about graphic novel adaptations. Honestly, I found it very boring, but I guess if you worked in education yeah, and were like, use graphic novels as a tool it'd probably be a lot more interesting they had a lot of teachers in wednesday's panels which was yeah. actually kind of neat on some panels but and it really worked but others i was like eh. yeah so then we also watched the geek ed watchmen and the cruelty of masks which i didn't, haven't watched the new watchmen so it was kind of hard for me to like get into that and then we also watched one which i'll link like in the show notes which was about like conspiracy theories in pop culture and they talked about, like, the masks and COVID and, like, things that, like, middle schoolers believe because they don't do the research or things that college students believe because they don't do the research and why, like, fake news and, like, clickbait is such a prominent thing. Yeah, they also talked about, like, thinking critically mm-hmm. about the source that you're getting the news from. Well, and they had this really great image where it showed which news stations or channels are, like, super left, slightly left, moderate, slightly right, or, like, far right. So you can kind of, like, see how the news is skewed based on political, like, agenda. Yeah. So that was really awesome. So this episode, we will be talking about Duncanville. We will be talking about the Cartoon Network first look, and we will be talking about Solar Opposites. Yeah. There is so much content just the first day, and, like, the second day is going to be just the same. So... Bear with us. There's probably going to be a few more episodes coming out soon. I, so. I know. I think we're going to have three or four episodes just on Thursday. And Thursday is not even the busiest day. So no, it's going to be so. crazy. So we started off our day yesterday by watching the Duncanville panel. And they showed some upcoming clips, which was kind of cool. They had the Oki Awards where Annie, who's the mom played by Amy Poehler, is up for an award for Best Civic Servant. And it's like... Her trying to get, like, the votes to win that award. Yeah. I guess they have their first table read on Wednesday for season two, which is weird to me because they've already recorded some season twos. No, what they showed us was a clip of the season that's still airing. Because they're still airing it. They're just spreading it out really far because of COVID. I think they're trying to, like, stretch the season to fill up some space. Um, And luckily, like, cartoons are one of those things that they can do remotely yeah like they were talking about how they each have their own setup in their house like they were sent all the audio equipment so they can record at home which Um, i think is really awesome and then the creative director was also talking how they wanted to have more women involvement Mm -hmm. in roles which i thought was really neat because there are a lot of animated pictures that kind of like mistreat the women cast either mistreat you have like arthur which is like totally male dominated you have like the Rick and Morty franchise, which is, again, male-dominated. And then even Solar Universe is 
Solar opposites. Uh, solar yeah. opposites is mostly male dominant. So that is a big thing in the cartoon industry. But they did actually have a lot of female characters and a lot of females on the panel. And I also noticed that they had really good diversity. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a panel full of only white people. Yeah. Which I really appreciated. And it's like you also have Bob's Burger, which is also male dominated. Yeah. And when I say male dominated, I mean like you have males doing female voices. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have like... A female doing a male voice? Yeah. It's nice to have like the other aspect of it. Um, So one thing I thought was really funny about this panel is like Wiz Khalifa was like in the top center and he's like has his little setup in like neon because it's his alcohol brand because he like has a gin brand or whatever which he plugged the one question they asked him the entire time and it's funny because at the beginning of the panel he's like sitting there smoking a blunt yeah just like in the middle of the panel and i was like that is like the most Wiz khalifa thing that he could possibly be doing right now yeah also another thing is it's on fox uh it's on fox tv Mm -hmm. and amy poehler said that they're always trying to like push the line with fox tv because Fox is, like, a very conservative network, right? Well, so, they're not when it comes to animation. Like, they have, yeah. like, a lot of the adult animation. But, like, they're known for being more conservative when it comes to news and stuff. Yeah. So, I think they're always trying to, like, push things and, like, get things by that yeah. the network may they're trying to like always approve of. Like, flex the muscles of Fox TV, you know. So, I thought that was kind of interesting, especially coming from an actor's perspective. What I thought was crazy, it was a, it was actually Amy Poehler's first Comic-Con. Yeah. Like, and I'm so shocked that none of her shows or movies have, like, she's never gone to Comic-Con before for, like, Parks and Rec or anything else. And that's insane to me. Um, Betsy looks exactly like her character Bex. Yeah, I know. And it made me, like, laugh. Because, like, literally, if they showed them side by side, they would be identical. Yeah. And it's so- crazy. I wasn't super impressed with the moderator. Uh, I guess they were an editor from Entertainment Weekly. Weekly. Her name is Lynette Lynette Rice. Rice. Yeah. And like, I wasn't like that impressed. Like, I feel like maybe she was nervous or she didn't have like a lot of experience. Or a part of me felt like she didn't know anything about the actors aside from like Amy and maybe Ty. Like, yeah, because like the question she asked, for instance, she asked. Also, I don't know if she even really watched the show. Yeah. And then another thing is, is I don't know if she's even been to Comic-Con. Like, I felt like she was very, I'm assuming she has because Entertainment Weekly has such a big presence at Comic-Con. Like, she may have gone to Comic-Con, but I don't know if she... Has moderated, Or if she even went to panels, per Mm -hmm. se, or if she just went to... Like, I, you know, it just didn't strike me as, like, somebody who... Was excited to be there and, like, excited excited about the show. Yeah. Where it's, like, some of the other moderators we saw were, like... Like, big fans of the show that they were talking about. Yeah. And then another thing I noticed was... Oh, She asked Wiz Khalifa a question. And the only question question she asked him was, does your character ride a hoverboard the whole... Show. Show. And then it was like, that was it. And I was like, well, like, didn't you want to know the dynamic? She did ask one more question that I just remembered. She did say, oh, I know you're a rapper, but do you feel like you really found, like, your calling... Oh, in the yeah, show, that like that you're awful. finally doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it was an awful question and because I was like, it's like, Wiz Khalifa's a rapper. Like, he's, he's a famous rapper. A successful rapper. Successful. Like, 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 she had never heard of Wiz Khalifa before or something, you know? I don't she know. was like, oh, like, your songs must not be selling, but you found your calling here. Yeah. And, and it I'm was like, kind of like, it was a little bit condescending. Yeah. And I didn't like it. I did not like it. So, what to expect on season two? Uh, 
Duncan doesn't go to summer school. Yeah, so and have... I guess that's a big deal because he's gone to summer school every time. So it's going to be like summer vacation and them getting to actually go on vacation yeah. for the first time. And then another one they said was uh, Duncan says um, the one thing that he shouldn't say to his dad. Which I'm assuming is something like, I hate you or something. Yeah, we'll have to wait but and see. I'm kind of curious. I was really curious. And then the moderator didn't even have like a follow-up, like ask of what it might be or a hint or anything. Yeah, there was no follow-up. Like, even if you get shut down as a moderator, like you should still try to like dig for a little bit of information. Yeah. So. But they did say that they are avoiding COVID storylines. Yeah. Because they said there's really no way to make it funny. And like, there's something nice about having like normalcy in the shows that you watch. Not like, oh, everyone's stuck in their house. Like, it's nice to see people just like, or cartoons, just going along with life. So I'm excited about that. And then Amy basically said that we're in the middle of a shit show right now. And that hopefully everything gets back to normal soon. But no one knows, like, when people actually get to work together again, etc. Yeah. It was a nice panel. Okay, so moving on. The next panel was Cartoon Network's first looks. And I kind of like how they did this because they basically just showed the clips from each cartoon. Yes. And they had it moderated by one... I don't know who it was. I think it was the guy who... Like the kid who plays Craig from Craig from the Creek. Yeah. Correct? So so it was him. And then they had a younger girl who I'm assuming plays some character on one of the shows as well. Probably Craig from the Creek. And they would like pop up and they would say, oh, here's a clip from this. And So we'll just go through these really fast. This is a great, if you have a kid, like ages like 6 to 10, this is a good panel if you want to share a oh, panel yeah, with yeah. them. Because Even it's like younger, it's, you could do 4 to four to 10. Yeah, because it's just like, they're super quick clips of like shows that they'd be excited about. And because they have younger people moderating. Yeah. Like it's just super quick and easy. Okay, so first one was Apple and Onion. Brand new. Uh, it looks really good, I thought. I know. I might actually watch a few episodes of it to see. The art was pleasing to the eye for adults, I think. And it was a decent comedy. Like, the comedy was like... It wasn't like... It wasn't adult, but it wasn't so little kiddish that it was Yeah, off-putting. this is like for an older kid. or But the art is really nice, too. So you could have it on for a younger kid, too. And they would, like, not mind it. Yeah. Uh, next the next w- one, Ben 10 versus The Universe. The movie. The movie. And it was like the trailer for the movie. I'm actually surprised my niece, who's 10, doesn't watch this because it's like a fun, like, action type kids yeah. show. Um, I think Ben 10 is probably, like, really fun for kids. It's just I'm in that weird age where it's too kiddish for me. Yeah, the, the comedy so, doesn't hit home with me. So, and so basically anyone above 25 is probably going to not think that's really even over the age of 20 yeah so if you're younger parents it might really work for you if you're older probably not but it if you had a kid at home like it's not going to drive you crazy if it's on the tv yeah so next was craig from the creek which has had several seasons already that's another show that like the comedy doesn't really hit for me uh it's for super small children in my opinion like, the comedy is, it. like, if you're a first or second grader, it's probably hysterical. Yeah. Um, like, it's really dumb comedy, like, slapstick. Yeah. So, if you're into that type of comedy, then, or you want your kid to, like, if your kid is into it, then by all means. But for me, that just struck, like, kind of a dumb note for me. It was kind of, like, it reminded me of something, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie when we were younger, where it was, yeah. like, it was just stupid comedy. Like, there was yeah, no, like, real dumb. substance there. 
So next was Mau Mau Heroes of Pure Heart. And this was like a work in progress clip, which I love because they're not like filled in or colored. It's yeah. just like the sketches. I like it when they do stuff like that. But um, I look forward to seeing the final version of that. That actually uh, looks really cute. Look cute. Uh, next one was Victor and Valentino. Which I don't remember anything from this clip, which is... I said it was not appealing art. Like, and I think that was it. it also was very annoying, in my opinion. It was very forgettable. It was like, okay, the art was okay, but the way that the characters interacted with each other, like, the mm-hmm. writing didn't flow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they would do something, and then it wouldn't make sense or flow with why they were doing the next thing kind of thing. So, for me, that didn't really hit, but for a child that wants to constantly be stimulated, maybe. Um, so, then the last one. Again, slapstick comedy. Yeah. The last one was We Bear Bears, the movie. And I actually don't mind We Bear Bears. And I actually thought it looked good. I feel like it's nice because it's made for kids. Like, I know, like, family, younger family members that watch We Bear Bears and think it's really fun. But then they also, like, do have jokes that hit for the parents or hit for, like, yeah. older people. And, like, one of the episodes I remember watching in the past was they had, um, like, the bears were on their way to, like, a T-Pain concert and got stuck in traffic. And that's something, like, adults think is funny because, like, they know what it's like to get stuck in traffic on the way to a concert. And they all know T-Pain. I put down Zelda would really enjoy this. Oh, yeah. Our dog, Zelda, loves cartoons. And We Bear Bears is one I will occasionally put on for her because it's her type of jam. Yeah, so... That's it. That was the last one. And they kind of went through it pretty quick. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was like under 30 minutes, I think, for everything. And then right after that, we went straight into the Solar Opposites panel, which was hosted by Javon Phillips from the LA Times. And I wrote that this guy must be like a really big fan of the show because he knew like, oh, remember this yeah. little thing in the background of this scene? Like this I actually really thought hit this. he moderated and- very well. So well that like I was I liked the show when we watched it. But I wasn't, like, hooked. You know what I mean? He like, made it was me want to go good, back and watch it. But I'm like, eh, I'm not going to be mad if I miss a few episodes Or if it gets canceled or whatever, or I'm canceled. not going to be upset. So, but then when I watched this panel, like, I was like, oh, like, there is a different dynamic and there is a reason why a lot of this stuff's happening. So, I don't know. It kind of just, like, made me want to watch it. They did show a work-in-progress clip. Yes. So, the clip was um, the two main characters... Like, find out that the kids are on summer break. And they're like, oh my god, how are we going to spend this much time with them? So they're, like, plotting how to kill their replicants, aka the children. And then you find out that the children are also plotting to kill the adults. Yeah. But then the neighbor's like, oh, you should just send your kids to summer camp. So then it's, like, them sending the replicants to summer camp. So that was the clip that they showed. And it actually looked like it was going to be pretty funny. Yes. One thing I noticed is that there was only one female on the panel, which I actually feel like is very typical for, like, Justin Roiland stuff. Like, when we saw the Rick and Morty panel, there were only two females on the panel, and they never let them really answer anything. And so it was kind of very similar to that, where they had one female who didn't get to answer that much. Um, I also wrote that it was a really weird cast. They, yeah, it was pretty They strange. have some, like, really quirky people on that cast. Yeah. But at the beginning, I was like, these people are really freaking weird and quirky. And then by the end, I was like, I'd watch that show again. I'd go yeah. back and rewatch it. Um, they do talk about Terry's t-shirts and where they came up with, like, the idea for, like, his really horrible, like, pun t-shirts and stuff. And I guess they made it where, like, 
the writers could like submit ideas for the t-shirts and then the least funny is the one that they would use um which i think is really fun they asked the cast what sitcoms they drew from or like found similar and the best answers i guess or like the only real answers were always sunny in philadelphia and fuller house and i guess if you mix those two together plus rick and morty you pretty much end up with solar opposites yeah it's true so they also i like how they did the social media questions Mm -hmm. because the first one pops up and they had the person animated with like the audio clip of them asking the question which i thought was super fun and then they also like the other ones were all like videos that people sent in yeah and i really enjoyed that this is one of the better moderated um panels and also like it was kind of pleasing to the eye how they set it up Mm -hmm. they they put like backgrounds behind the or most of the people at least put like the zoom backgrounds that look like scenes from the show yeah which was really nice and then there also was a one kid i can't remember his name uh sean giaboni or something yeah yeah and his voice was like shocking every single time i heard him talk like he was like he didn't seem like he was 20. He was 21, but he seemed like he was like a little kid that just went through puberty. And so his voice was deep. Was it I like the nerdy kid? Am I thinking like step by step? Like that I super old sitcom where there was a really nerdy kid? Like, and like that's that that's that voice. Like this panel is worth watching just to hear that kid talk. Which that is also the main character from the Goldbergs. So if you watch okay. the Goldbergs, they probably see We're gonna him We're going to have to talk, go back but... and watch the Goldbergs probably. Yeah. So... They do talk like pop culture references. Someone asked the question, like if there were any pop culture references that people didn't necessarily catch. And they did talk about submarines and how they love submarine movies where like the person can't get up the like thrash hatch hatch or whatever. So they did use that in one of the scenes when one of the characters like sacrifices himself. Which is really funny. Um, they also talked about how they used a live orchestra to compose new music for the wall episode and that that music will be released onto an album that people will be able to buy. Which it was a big orchestra from what I understand. Yeah. And they like wrote the music specifically for the episode and then like did it live for the episode, which I think was like really awesome. So those were the biggest takeaways from Solar Opposites. We summed it up for you guys. Okay. So... We will be back shortly with another episode. And you can always look at the show notes for the links to the panels. If you're like, that sounded really awesome. I want to watch that. Just click the link in the show notes and we will talk to you guys. But click them quick because they're going to go down in in a a few days. Okay. Ciao.